Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of No Good Deeds. I'm Elizabeth Boyle. And I'm John Stewart. And we're here again um, to talk about criminal justice reform in America today and many other issues affecting our society. Well, our last episode, we left a cliffhanger. And we were on our way after we taped the last episode here at Jump Dog Studios in Sarasota, Florida. We were on our way to visit the gravesite of Nolan Kelly. Because as we had talked about, a friend of ours had made a generous offer to the family of Nolan Kelly to provide the money in order to get a grave marker for Nolan's grave. But so far, that offer had not been accepted, so John Stewart and I decided to go up to the cemetery and talk directly to the manager of the cemetery to see if we could find out more or if there was anything we could do to try to remake that offer. Because I did, I actually did hear back from my friend Cynthia Caro. She contacted me a couple of weeks ago to check on what had happened, and I told her yes uh, what 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 had happened. So, so John Stewart and I we drove up from beautiful sunny Sarasota, Florida, to the gravesite of Nolan Kelly, which is in fact unmarked. Now at the Mansion Memorial Park. Cemetery. It's open every day from 7.30 to 7 o'clock. Inquiries for grave locations may be at the cemetery office. So I guess we need to go in. Okay, I think so. We'll find out more in a minute. <laughs> Nolan's father's side had two or three plots. Oh. And uh, it was for her... Her and her husband, I believe, but the husband left or something like that. Anyways, um, is it on Danica's side or Chris's side? Chris's side. Okay. Chris's side. The father, paternal. Okay. So, they basically gave up the the plot, you know, and it's like a grand or whatever, mm-hmm. I think. Right. And um, so that's that's why Nolan's buried in this place is because of the familial ties. Talking to Elizabeth Boyle, John Stewart, Stewart. Kelly Nolan about contacting the family. Nolan Kelly is yeah, Nolan Kelly. Kelly's last name. Kelly's last name. Kelly. That's how it's written. Right. Oh, I don't doubt it. Because a friend of mine saw in this newspaper story about the case that he had no marker, and she offered to pay for a marker. And so I called up. I spoke to Marina or whatever, just to. That's my ideas. We don't have a way to contact the family of Nolan. It's not. We can't do it. And then Billy said, Billy wrote the story for the Herald Tribune, Billy Cox, and he said that they never responded to him when he tried to reach out to them. So I thought, well, maybe since the child's buried here, y'all already have a business relationship, that you might be able to reach out to the family and see if they want to accept this gift. Do we have a file for um, the contact file information? file in front of it was standing up, so somebody's pulled the file. Huh. Let me see. If, did you look in my rack? Yeah. Because there. at this point, it still doesn't have a marker, or do we know? Right. I'm they also would like to go out there, but if there's no marker, they're not going to find it. So Yeah, you don't have a marker on here. So. There, yeah. um, I can go out and look at the space, but I guess it doesn't have a 
a mark at all, unless they did something wrong, but they didn't go through us. Is it more? Is it a walk from here, or is um, it? Um, no, about 150 or 200 yards. That's down. not bad. We can do that. <laughs> you, I'll, I'll keep looking for the file. We'll grab a map. You hold this. Well, I don't need this to address. Let me put this in here. And I just gave uh, Jerry my card. You have your car with you, right? Car, yes. yeah, car. I can drive right out there and show you where the space is. All right, thank okay, you. Good. Okay, good. Okay, thank I you. Okay. Your question is, are you are you allowed to put a mark? Can you put a mark on this? Yeah. Trying to find out. Well, I think the idea is, I mean, the, this friend wants to provide the funds, but she would want to write the check directly to whoever makes the marker um, for this family, so they will have the grave mark. That's what. And but the family obviously want to have a play a role and yeah. put in the name and the date, you know, whatever. I did. I gave her my card, and then. Um, because I have to try to reach the property owner. You don't want to ride with me, or I'll show you. I'll bring you back here to sure. your car. We'll ride with you. Okay. Is that oh, yeah. I have to. Oh. I think it's the first row. Still be down. If I have palm tree. It's a start. Come this way. We want to verify this number. Nolan, it's K N O W E L L A N. It's yeah, it's Keeley. Almost, yeah. I think it's supposed to be right there. Oh my gosh! I'm gonna walk here. Because you all have rules about do you put time limits on how long people can have flowers on it or uh, no? They, when they start to fall over or get a fall apart, they will pick them up eventually. So uh, in front of Foley. Davis. And this is real. Right. Well, and we went and talked to the manager. We went inside and we talked to the manager who then put us in a golf cart. Yes. And we rode to the place of Nolan Kelly's grave. And John, what did we see when we got there? Uh, it was just a empty patch of grass in the middle of, uh, well, it was a back. It was, Back in the corner, basically, and uh, there was grave markers all around, but that one was, you know, noticeably empty. Well, if, if you followed the story in the paper in the Herald Tribune that Billy Cox wrote, Billy Cox had a picture of the gravesite as it was directly before he they published the story, which was in spring of 2019, this yes. year. And the gravesite did have on top of it some toys and balloons. So it was it was marked yes. to, to an extent. But at this point, it's just uh, grass. You can't tell anyone is buried there, basically. Correct. And, um, and we talked to the manager about the offer. And John, did he seem... He, it seemed like they were going to try to pass it along to the family. They did seem like they would, um, but... This is something that had already been offered before, and so I mean, I I'm not gonna say that it'll happen, but if it's already been offered once, I don't see how a second time is gonna make any difference. But you never know. Yeah, Things I thought it change. would. I thought it make a difference if we went there live and in person and talked to someone directly who is the manager. I I mean, 
I hope it affects change. It would be nice for anybody to be able to, you know, give him at least a burial marker to, you know, at least that. But we'll see. I mean, the family hasn't done it yet. They, um, it's been years now and I, they, I know Annika told me that it was, um, Chris's grandmother. Um, and she gave him the plot. Right. I was really surprised. And the society is really changing about the way, at least our society, about the way we're dealing with post-life, <laughs> with death and what to do with the dead. And, the, you know, so many people are moving toward cremation. So they had a big mausoleum area. Things are really moving again away from burial of the body. And you could just tell it by oh, yeah. being at a at a cemetery. Well, even me for uh, you know, because every 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 Memorial Day and and there's other times, but I take Allison to the cemetery at the VA hospital, and um, you know, we pay our respects and everything like that. And I tell her, you know, this is where I'm gonna end up being buried. So, you oh, know. that's and that's um, and uh, but yeah, they're they're basically only taking um, cremated remains. Even at the military cemetery? Yeah. Oh, they you can't bury a body there? It's the waiting list like it, and everything oh. like that. Like there's, you know, because you have to, rank has its privileges. So, um, you know, you have to fill out a bunch of paperwork and to be approved of an actual full casket is very rare. So in Arlington, which is the major, the biggest one that there is, it's um, the only people that are going to be buried there coming forward now are people who have a minimum of a purple heart or higher other cemeteries. It's, you know, it's, it's, it depends on the basis, depends if you're from the area, how long you lived there and other things like that. And, but the vast majority of it, uh, there's no room anymore. And so, uh, cremated remains are all that's going to be taken pretty much. Oh really? They're yeah. not going to bury bodies no, in the in for, the out outskirts. Once maybe they will unless, at Arlington. Unless, no, un, no, Arlington. Unless you unless you have a purple heart or higher, you will not be. Buried but they there. would bury a body in Arlington still. Only if you're a purple heart. Or Only higher. purple heart or higher. Yeah. Will they take cremains for people? Cremated, yeah, cremated for remains. Me. But then even then even then it's um you're still from what I read you still need to be put on the list mm. and wait and to be interred and you know because very it's a finite amount of space <laughs> i guess do they use the caisson with the horses if it's cremains do they or would they or i don't know i don't see the same not. difference you know it's the theory it's remains right know, yeah so. right well that's interesting so what is the the va cemetery it's a national cemetery near bay pines is that called bay pines uh, i forget i forget what it's actually uh, called but it's um if you're coming down and the Bay Pines facility would be on your left as you're traveling down the road before you get to the actual, to the, to the light that you turn into the hospital, the light before that is where you turn into the cemetery and it's a national park. And so it's, they have, uh, they have on one area, it's the cemetery. And then the other area is, um, you can go and do like, uh, sit, barbecue out at the pier and that, mm -hmm. well, at the point and um my friend actually got married there i actually married him because i'm an ordained minister <laughs> i didn't know that yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And was that is that in St. Petersburg? Is that yeah? Bay well, yeah, St. Pete, St. Pete, but it's it's called Bay Pines. It's it's I think it has its I've own never been there. And, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a big place I've always heard about because when I was when I was in legal aid, we dealt with a lot of veterans. Oh yeah, who who went there from down here. That's interesting. So you're an ordained minister? Correct. I did not know that. Well, how long have you been an ordained minister? Uh, I did it back in like 2000 and something, like 2002, I believe. And then I've married three couples so far. And yeah, that's about it, though. <laughs> well, that's very interesting. That's very interesting. Have those marriages worked out okay, the three? Um, One, the people ended up getting divorced. Um, the second one was, uh, they're still together. And then the third one, they were together for 40 years prior. And I just basically, you know, sealed the deal. Yeah. Closed the deal. <laughs> 40 year negotiation. Legit. <laughs> yeah. If they can do it, we can, we can agree with China on something, I guess. I don't know. So yeah. Anyway. Yeah. And, yep. So <clears throat> yeah, I did that back when, um, after, well, it was, it was, it started while I was in the Marine Corps and then it, it went afterwards, you know, when I almost died, um, I just read every holy book that was available and did a lot of research and searching and everything like that and ended up becoming a minister. When did you almost die? Um, when my piece of equipment exploded in my face and really? I took, yeah, yeah, I took a piece of freaking um, metal probably about that big and see it on the camera and um it hit me right here you can see the scar still and had it gone any lower it went to the it would have went to the back of my skull had it gone any higher it would have went to the back of my skull it was very fortunate that it hit right where it did and it was yeah i was um i, I was in cryogenics in the marine corps and i was uh doing maintenance on a piece of our gear a nand cart which holds uh pressurized nitrogen gaseous nitrogen and the relief valve was relieving too low and um so i had to tighten it up and you know get it back to the specifications that were required took it off the piece put it in a vise started tightening it and all of a sudden i heard this weird like groaning sound like and then i looked down and boom oh my head gosh. shot back and i was like I was like, what the hell just happened? And I put my hand up and the spring that is rated at 7,500 PSI, you know, the relief valve, there was a catastrophic failure and it had shot up and the metal hit me and ended up like, I think 30 feet away. We ended up, fi- we ended up finding the piece. Um, it was in a glove box <laughs> um, on one of the tables and one of the benches, 30 feet away, roughly uh, about three months later. It had ended up landing in there, and then the spring lodged in my skull. I pulled it out. I walked over. I was like, hey, and my friend Brandon Ruffalo, Lance Corporal Ruffalo, um, he turned around, and I was like, I think I'm going to lay down now, and I handed him the spring, and I passed out. I woke up. I was on my staff sergeant's boot in a puddle of blood, my head on his boot, and just bleeding out, and I went to the hospital, and and this was when you were in the Marines and it was in, in Camp Pendleton? Or? No, that was at El Toro. Oh. Yeah, El Toro. And what did they use? What was the military use of cryogenics? Cryogenics, um, production of oxygen and nitrogen in both the gaseous and liquid form is used for mainly, mainly, but there's other purposes, uh, the aero, air wing. Um, pilots need to breathe. We give them the oxygen. 
they're over 10,000 feet, so that's what they're breathing. Um, all the panels are cooled with liquid nitrogen. Uh, all the tires are inflated on all aircraft and everything that we use in the military now. Um, well, on our bases anyways, nitrogen. Everything's filled with nitrogen. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so those are most of the applications. And you, how long were you in the hospital after that happened? I just just went to the hospital. They stitched me up and sent me home. Oh. Said, don't sleep, you have a concussion. Here's some Motrin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, because if you fall asleep you, in, in the first, like, 72 hours of some kind of head injury, um, well, you can, the first 24 can hours, be bloody, yeah, you know, bleeding and hematoma and kill you. <laughs> yeah, so you <laughs> don't want to fall asleep right. and you want to stay awake. I mean, if you do fall asleep, not more than, like, 10 minutes at a time, and I guess... Uh, yeah. So was there any aftercare? I mean, did they watch you or keep an eye on you or No. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> no, that's the Marine Corps. They don't Right. Not unless you make them, right? Unless unless unless, unless I died, you know, like they Right. You better be doing what you need to do. Uh-huh. And, and all right. be all or you won't be a Marine anymore. Boy. <laughs> well, well, it was lucky because you're. It didn't. I mean, your face isn't disfigured or anything. Oh like no, that, I'm very, I'm tell, very fortunate. Which is good. Very fortunate. I mean, I'm alive. Had it hit anywhere else, I wouldn't be. So right, yeah, because like if it hits up here, that's oh, no. your prefrontal lobe. Had it hit here, yeah. it's it hit here, right here, uh-huh. right. Uh-huh. Had it hit here, it would the the pressure would have been so much that it would have cracked the skull and. And then if it hit here, it would have went right to the back of my skull, no question. Oh, would have went right through the eye. Wow. So wow. very lucky. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Thick, thick skull. <laughs> you have a good good <laughs> attitude. <laughs> you have a good attitude. What year was that? Um it was ninety seven, ninety-eight. Yeah, ninety seven or ninety-eight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that was um because it was definitely at El Toro. And El Toro, yeah, so that would have been 98. Yeah. And so that's when you you started reading up on mortality and mortality, question mark, mm-hmm. <laughs> meaning yeah. of life. Yeah. I was yeah. like, damn, I came pretty close to dying there. Hmm. I bet you've always been interested in the meaning of life, though, since well, you were a child. There is no question about yeah. that. But I went to Catholic school at, starting in fifth grade, and... I was not taught anything of Judeo-Christian beliefs prior to that, really. And uh, going into it, I had a lot of questions, you know, like we would be in religious class and stuff like that. And I would, you know, I'd ask a lot of questions and those nuns. Did you get sent to the principal the, a lot? No, well, <laughs> yeah, I got sent to the heretic, principal, but I, I got, heretic. I got, I got scars still from the, from the <laughs> oh, beatings, no. those, you know. The <laughs> <laughs> knuckles. Talk so, to you through yeah, your you knuckles. So I just learned, all right, don't ask questions and just follow along and do whatever. <laughs> yeah, these then... people are very sensitive. You have yes. to be very careful with them. Yes, you do not do yeah. not raise any questions whatsoever. Right, right. It's, this it will is a tinder well. box right so, here. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, I joined the Marine Corps and I it's on my dog tags. I'm Roman Catholic, but I was, you know, I've and then I got hit in the head, almost died, and I just went and researched everything, you know, that I could get right. my hands on. Well, when you went into the military, do they they encourage you to give to state a religion? I mean, I didn't know that was on the dog tag. Yes. I didn't know oh, that. Yes, yes. What's well, on the dog tag? Do you remember? Or you oh, have it with you. you. That's good. This is this is educational for me. I have no idea. So it has your name, 
Stuart JP, blood type, because, you know, that's very good to have. Your social security number, which isn't kind of good. Your um, branch of the military, USMC, uh, male. And then, so if you die, they can give you your uh, burial rights in the... And you have, how do you have two or can you get them remade or what's oh, the story those were, those were Those were given to me in boot camp. Those are the ones really? I had for the These entire time. Really? These are original time. ones. And they're made of aluminum, is it? Or I believe so to make sure that But you know what? Not... I, I can't hardly read these, but hold on. They may be back. Oh, now that, oh, oh, I see. But they, what, I wonder what originated this style, the shape and all that. I wonder what that was all well, about. How this these, is, you know this anything is, about the history of dog tags? This is my great grandfather's from World War II. Oh, how amazing. And that's more like a, that's more like an oval. Whoops. We're here with John Stewart, No Good Deeds. And we're talking about dog tags. And I'm learning a lot about dog tags today. But John has his dog tags from his U.S. Marine Corps service. And he was telling me it has his name. Tell me again. Has my name, blood type, has uh, my social security number, which is basically my identifier. So if I'm found dead or like say, because this would be, one would be around my neck and then one would be in my boot. And so like, say you got blown oh, up and they that. find your, they find your foot and freaking so they can identify you. Okay. One, two, nine, seven, four, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to give the rest of my social security number on right. here, but you know, it's, uh, they, uh, oh, yeah. you get new ones if your rank increases. You get a new dog tag. No, no, no. no, no, no Is this no, your original rank no, when you went in? It doesn't have anything to do with rank. Oh, it doesn't have rank on it. No, not okay. in any way, shape, or form. Oh, okay. It just just has your name, your blood type, what branch you're in, if you're male or female, and what uh, your identifying number, and then what religion, if any, you are. So if you're dead, they can bury you probably. And then you also showed me that you have your grandfather's. Great-grandfather's. Great-grandfather's. Yeah, yeah. And Edward, what year is that from? Edward Fushi, uh, 1944. 1944, but the date is not on there. No, 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 no. no, no. This, is from, he, this is from when he was serving in World War II in the Pacific. So He was in the Pacific. Correct. Wow. Oh, do you have his DD-214 where you can see where he served? I do. I have all his, all his military paperwork and stuff. I have all, all of his vital stuff mm -hmm. saved and everything like right. that. So and and when did they start having the two dog tags? One on your one you wear around your neck. Is yeah, that and, right? well, and they, one you put they in technically your boot? they technically you should have one in each boot because you know parts only limited parts might be found, and you want right. to be if you want to be identified, you want to have as much. You know what I'm saying? So. Um, but yeah. So they, but they only give you two. So you choose you make how you're going to wear. Oh, you can oh, make no, no, more. No, no. Oh. Yeah, yeah. They they issue you two, but you can go right out to the freaking. I mean, dudes give their freaking dog tags to chicks all the time, <laughs> and have to get new ones. Yeah, Unexplained yeah. disappearance. Yeah, yeah. That's and if good. you show up to formation Monday morning and you don't have your dog tags, ooh. That's 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 when that's when they have fun punishments like stupid things you know like if you show up and you don't have your hair cut, they'll make you you know go cut the grass with uh you know with the toenail, toenail clippers, clippers. <laughs> and, you know and they'll give you a ruler and you know toenail clippers and it's that area is we'll not be back exactly eight hours court. to measure yeah. that for you and, and, they, and they will they'll go and measure every right. little area and oh, God no. forbid. <laughs> Oh, you don't do funny. it right the first time. It's interesting. The Marine Corps loves to punish you. That's why they call it the suck when you're in the when you're in the actual 
fleet Marine Corps, uh-huh. like we call it the suck, and you embrace the suck. Right. But the fleet, does that mean a ship or is it just... No, no, uh, no, no. It's just that that's the where you go once you're done with your school. Whether it's, you know, like I, I ended up, uh, I went to school in North Carolina at Cherry Point for cryogenics. And then I was supposed to go to Okinawa and I would have been, that would have been where I was stationed and I would have been a member of the fleet there. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's just anywhere you go after school, basically. Right. And that's your, the group your is called station. a fleet. Well, it's or the your fleet main... Marine Corps, fleet Marine Corps. So that's, that's where we're actually, where you can be deployed. You can be sent out and do other stuff while you're training. You're not, you're not able to be. Oh, fleet immediate. means active duty mil, uh, Marine fleet. Ba- basically. If you're, yeah, if you're, fleet. if you're in, if you're in the fleet Marine Corps. Yes. Uh-huh. Interesting. Okay, well, it's time for a break, mm-hmm. and um, we'll be back with No Good Deeds on, on the other side. Thank you for listening. We'll be back. Yeah.